Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Hello, C3 Malmo. This is Thierry from Lausanne, Switzerland. Marianne and I wish we could be with you for this Easter Sunday. We love you and we cherish the times we shared together over the last few years. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see you soon. But in the meantime, I'm quite happy to be able to connect with you through this uh, video. Thank you, Pastor Quinton, Pastor Suzanne, for giving me this opportunity to share with you a message that is actually strong on my heart. So I've got my notes and I'm going to stick to my notes when I preach English. English is always better for me to have precise notes. If not, I'm going to preach nonsense. <laughs> This word is actually the theme of the year for C3 Lausanne. And I pray it will bless you and touch you. I do believe that there is something in that, in that message for you as a person, but there's also something for you as a church, as a body of believers, C3 Malmö, C3 Lund. So this word is actually strongly connected to Easter as it is something that happened at the moment Jesus rose from the dead. After three days in the tomb, God raised his son and the most important blessing came on us, came on you as a person, but also the most important blessing came on the whole world. Today, I'd like to talk to you about your inheritance in Christ. In Galatians 3, verse 29, The Apostle Paul says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You and I are in line to inherit the promises made to Abraham. So now I could continue my message by revealing to you what are these promises. But rather to do that for you, I would like to challenge you to read God's will, to read the Bible, to read his testament. If you want to know what your inheritance is, read the will that God has left us. It is in two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, you and I need to become men and women of the Word. We need to constantly return to the Word of God, to be saturated with what these two testaments tell us. You know, I started my professional life uh, 30 years ago. I was working in a bank, kind of normal, I guess, for a Swiss person to work in a bank, and in Swiss banks, just like any other bank in the world, I suppose, there are many unclaimed funds. 
The original owner of the fund is deceased and the inheritors are not identified. So nobody claims these funds. In the same idea, there are today millions and probably even billions of Christians on earth who leave unclaimed the inheritance that God has given us. The prophet uh, Hosea already said, yes, my people perish for lack of knowledge. My people are missing out on the life that God wants to offer them because of a lack of knowledge. You know, I want to be inhabited by the same spirit as King David. When he says in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not any of his benefits. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not any of his benefits. It is he who forgives all your fault, who heals all your diseases. It is he who delivers you from life, your life from the grave, who crowns you with kindness and compassion. It is he who fills your old age with good things, who makes you as young as an eagle. It is him. The other day I read a text uh, from the Bible that I never had, I never read before. I mean, I've read the Bible from A to Z, from cover to cover, but I probably read this passage in a different version, different translation, because when I read it the other day, in probably in a more modern version, I finally understood what this text meant. This passage can be found in the book of the prophet Isaiah, at the very end, chapter 65, God rebukes his people and says, listen, as for you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for the God of luck and fill a cup for the God of destiny, I destine you to the sword. A lot of people today set a table for the God of luck and destiny. We cross finger, we touch wood. I don't know if you say that in English, but in French we say we touch wood and we touch our head, that's what we do. Uh, and we hope that luck will smile on us. And luck is actually a real thing. Some people benefit from it. But I refuse to make luck my God. I refuse to put my hope in luck. Rather than crossing fingers, I'm going to open the word of God. For it is he who forgives, who heals, who delivers. It is he who crowns me with kindness and compassion, who fills me my, my old age with good things, who makes me as young as an eagle. It is him, it is God, it is not chance. Then bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not any 
of his blessings. It would be such a shame to arrive in heaven and to realize that God had planned to give me many things that I didn't receive because of a lack of knowledge. It would be a pity to arrive in heaven and realize that I have forgotten some of his benefits. I don't want to leave what God has given me unclaimed. I'm sure, I know that, I'm sure that if you look in your past, if you look at what God has done in your life, you will find wonders. I know that God has healed you in the past, hasn't he? Don't forget that. I know that God has forgiven you. He delivered you. He has crowned you with kindness and, and compassion. He has filled your life with good things, hasn't he? Don't forget that. Forgetting is something that is so terrible. I'm so good at forgetting things. We're all good at that. And it's a very effective weapon that the enemy uses so often. If we could remember, it would change everything. For God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he can do today. I believe that some of you, it, it's my prayer. I believe that some of you will experience in these coming days and weeks some supernatural healing. Supernatural healing humanly inexplicable. Just like the woman who had been suffering from blood loss for 12 years. You know the story. We can read her story in Luke 8. Her health was getting worse and worse until she touched the edge, the edge of Jesus' mantle. And a power came out of Jesus and healed her. Healing is part of your inheritance. I believe that some of you will experience deliverance. I want to pray for that. I want to put my faith in action for that. Because some of you are bound in your bodies, and perhaps especially in your mind and thoughts, bound by demonic powers that kept, keep you in a lie. Well, God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to set you free. Freedom is part of your inheritance in Christ. Jesus said himself, he said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to proclaim freedom to the captives and deliverance to the prisoners. So I want to declare, I actually want to prophesy for all of you who are bound that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free.
God has defeated the enemy. He has stripped away the authorities. He has destroyed the work of the devil. And you are free in the name of Jesus. Make this truth your own. Freedom is part of your inheritance. I believe that some of you are going to experience what the Apostle Paul defines as the glorious freedom of the children of God. I love this sentence. The glorious freedom of the children of God. The glorious freedom that is found in the forgiveness that Jesus offers us. A forgiveness that only Jesus can give us. And if others accuse us, even if our own hearts accuse us, God is greater than our hearts, greater than any other person, and is silencing any charge against us. For he has set us free, he has washed us, he has cleansed us, and we are whiter than snow. I pray that God will set you free if guilt is eating away at you. Come to him. Come to Jesus. Confess your sins and receive his forgiveness and justification and enter the glorious freedom of the children of God. There is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ. Freedom is part of your inheritance in Christ. I also want to believe and prophesy that some of you will see your lives crowned with kindness and compassion and saturated with goodness. God wants to see each, each of his children prosper. Never, never doubt that. God takes pleasure in your prosperity. There is something about Abraham, Abraham, Abraham's blessing that was also very concrete. It is not just theoretical. It's not just spiritual. Read the will. There is something really concrete. I want to believe and I want to pray that the blessing of Abraham will rest on each one of you. I want to believe and I want to pray that this legacy will become a reality in your life, in your context. Before going into the second part of my message, let me just pray for you. Lord Jesus, you see everyone watching. I thank you for the victory that you brought into the world, into our lives. I thank you for this blessing that is on us. 
You see the people. You see the sickness. You see the suffering. You know every situation. And I pray in your name, Jesus, that the blessing, your blessing, your victory will come on each person watching this video. Come by your spirit, heal, set free, bless people. In your name I pray. Come by your spirit and do a work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. The inheritance that God gives us is actually not just for us. It's not just about you and me. There is another part, maybe even richer than the blessings we can receive. And we discover it in Psalm 2, which is a prophetic psalm. The author of the psalm talks about the anointing and the reign of Jesus, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. It is prophetic. And in this psalm, it is written in verse, in verse 7, You are my son. I have begotten you this day. Then listen the following sentence. It is God speaking. He is, he is talking to his son. Ask me. You probably heard that uh, verse before. Ask me, and I will give you the nation's for your inheritance, the ends of the earth in possession. It is God speaking to his son Jesus. Ask me and I will give you the nations for an inheritance. Ask me and I will give you the nations. After spending three years with his disciples, Knowing that his time was near, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. It is a moment of intense struggle. Jesus experienced his worst evening on earth. It was a moment of anguish. Early the following morning, it was one of his disciples, Judas, who came to him, he came with armed soldiers. He approached Jesus, kissed him, and delivered him into the hands of the authorities. Jesus betrayed, well, actually, it's Judas. <laughs> Judas betrayed Jesus. He went, Jesus, before the council of elders who questioned him. Jesus was a good man when you read 
the Gospels, you realize that he was a good man doing good to the people. But these men hated him. They wanted to get rid of him. They handed him over to the Romans, Roman governors who ended up condemning him without any valid reason. Pilate himself said, there is nothing in this man that deserves death. But out of weakness, he gave the people what they asked for, the crucifixions of Jesus. They began to insult and mock him. They tore off his clothes. They made a crown of thorns and put it, put it on Jesus' head. They spat on him. He was beaten. The act was so cruel and barbaric. Isaiah 52, 14 tells us that many were horrified when they saw him. His face was like disfigured. So different was his its appearance from that of humans. After that, they took him to be crucified. When they arrived at the place called Golgotha, Jesus was laid down on the cross and his hands and feet were nailed to the cross. They set up the cross and Jesus, the Son of God, was put to death like a thief. At any time, Jesus could have called upon millions of angels who would have come to rescue him, who would have come to deliver him. But Jesus did not do it because he did not come to save his life. Actually, he came on earth to give his life. No one took his life, he freely gave it. And it is when he was on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth, suspended between God and men, that the prophecy of Psalm 2 was fulfilled. Jesus, nailed to the cross with open arms, asked his father, the nations for his inheritance. Every second of suffering, every drop of blood reinforced his demand for the nations. Finally, around three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out loud, and died. Then the veil in the temple, the one which separated the holy place from the rest of the temple, the one which prevented the people from entering God's presence, this veil which only the high priest could cross was torn through the middle, giving access to God for every man and every woman. Three days later, God raised his son Jesus from the dead. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of his father. God then gave him 
a name that is above all other names and gave him what Jesus asked for. He gave him the nations as his inheritance. An inheritance which today belongs to the church, who is the body of Christ. That is why the church must preach and announce salvation. How could it be otherwise? How could we remain silent after all that Jesus did to get us this inheritance? After all that God wants to offer each man and woman, silence is not an option. Nations are part of our inheritance and we need to commit ourselves to get it and not to live unclaimed. You know, it is important and necessary, you, you probably know that, to experience different dimension in the church. There is the vertical dimension directed towards God, such as prayer and praise and worship. There is the inner dimension. It is just as important as the vertical one. In this inner dimension, we, we live as a family, we build community, we take care of each other, we encourage each other in the faith. But there's also a third dimension which we cannot forget, which is just as important as the two first. It is a horizontal, external dimension where we turn and open ourselves to others. We go to the one who do not yet know the love of God and who need to be saved. You know, I, I do not consider myself as an evangelist. God has entrusted me with a pastoral ministry. But I take the words of the Apostle Paul very much to heart, who said to young Timothy, who was a young pastor, I'm not young anymore, but he was a pastor too, like me. He says, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry well. This verse challenges me a lot. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry well. Fill your ministry, fill your time with good things, with important things. It is frightening how a pastor, how a church have the ability to, to get lost in things of lesser importance. We sometimes get lost in things that are completely useless. And it's not just only pastors or churches who get lost. You too, anybody can get lost in life. You know, as the senior pastor of C3 Lausanne, I refuse to be scattered in like 36,000 different projects and causes and activities. You know, I'm very regularly solicited to take part uh, in this or that. Uh, we should talk about this social or current topic in church. And, and my response to this kind of request is 
almost always the same. In 99% of the cases, my responses say, thank you, but no, it is not our business. It is not our call. It is not our message. We are not a political or climate organization, organization, not even a social group. We're not that. And I will even go as far as to say we are not a religious organization either. We are the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. And our message is the good news of the gospel. It is our responsibility to proclaim it. Because if we don't, who will? Honestly, if we don't, who will? Last words of Jesus are pretty clear. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do all that I have commanded you. This is our true north. A true north that we will always keep. A true north that we should always keep. For as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.16, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God for salvation of every man who believes. No other message contains the power of God for salvation of man. And the salvation of man is the most important thing. Never has the time been so favorable for preaching the gospel, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The harvest was never, has never been as ready, so ready. People are now ready to hear a message of faith, hope, and love. It's not about a condemning message. How could we? I mean, Jesus frees us from all condemnation. It's not about a religion, you know that. God doesn't want a religion. He wants to have a relationship with us. We preach God's love, a love so great that he gave his only son so that everyone who will believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. We find in the book of Revelation the vision that God gave to the Apostle John. It is a vision that speaks of the return of Jesus. And in chapter 7, it says, After that I looked and saw a huge crowd that no one could count. There were people of every nation, tribe, people, and language. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, which is a symbol of purity, palm leaves in their hands, which is a symbol of victory, and they cried 
out in loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A huge crowd that no one could count. People of every nation, tribe, people, and language. This is the inheritance that belongs to Jesus and that he gave to the church. Together, let's go and get it. So to finish my message, I'd like to pray again for you to receive the blessings promised to Abraham and to pray for you as a church, C3 Malmö, C3 Lund, that God will open your eyes and open new doors of opportunity for you to share the good news and to reach the nations that is your inheritance. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we do want this blessing to become true in our own lives. We don't want to forget your blessings. We don't want to forget all your benefits. We want to receive everything that you want to give us. But Lord Jesus, I pray that we will not keep this just for us because the nations are our inheritance as well. I pray that you will open doors of opportunity for my friends in Sweden. Doors where they will be able to share the hope that is in, in them. Doors that will offer them the opportunity to preach the gospel, the good news of salvation. I pray for a spirit of growth in everyone and in the church. May your kingdom come in Sweden, in Malmö, in Lund. May your will be done. Thank you for your inheritance. We receive it and we want to share it with the world. Give us courage, boldness, love, kindness, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope you got most of my message. <laughs> it was a joy for me to share this message with you and I'm so looking forward to see you, seeing you hopefully, hopefully very soon. God bless.